Blair Johnson, and you are listening to the Rock Student Ministry Podcast. For more information, you can visit www.fbcrockhill.org. Now a word from our high school and college pastor. Well, hey, it's great to be back with you on the Proverbs 9-9 podcast. Today, I want to take us on a little bit of a journey. I got thinking about my time over the years and uh, in the military. When I went in, I had a, a set uh, path that I was going to take. I was going to go see the recruiter. I was going to take the test. I was going to enlist. And then I knew the progression that I wanted to make along the way and where I wanted to get to. Uh, in the ministry, when I started in the ministry, I knew that God was calling me into student ministry. And although I knew very little about it at the time, I kind of had in my mind a journey that I wanted to go on uh, through the ministry, and that journey still continues today. But as we're here in March getting ready to walk towards Easter, uh, I got to thinking about the life of Christ, and, and I thought about this, that th- there's this journey that Christ took when he came here to the earth, uh, when he was born to Mary and Joseph. Uh, he, he had this journey that he was on, and that journey was taking him from point A to point B. It wasn't haphazard. Uh, everything about it was planned, and, and along this journey, we get to lean in, uh, we get to see what's going on, and we get to learn. So, so how is it that I know that this journey is taking place? Well, in Luke 13, it says, Jesus speaking, Nevertheless, I must journey on today and tomorrow and the next day. He says, I must journey on today, tomorrow, and the next day. See, Jesus knew where he was going, and he knew that each day was a progression towards that point. And so here I want to talk for just a few minutes from Luke chapter 22. And in Luke chapter 22, we see four very uh, pointed points, if you will. And these are some points that I'd like for you to ponder during this podcast. Point one, jealousy creates all kind of issues. Point two, anything worth doing takes preparation. Point three, sometimes our mouth can write checks that our heart's not willing to cash. Point four, temptation sometimes can be something that seems so normal. In Luke chapter 22, it says this in verse one, now the feast of the unleavened bread drew near, which is called the Passover. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. So he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and the captain how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he promised and sought opportunity to betray him, Christ, to them in the absence of the multitude. See, here's what I believe, that that Judas was one of the disciples. He says he was numbered among the twelve, but we don't hear his name a lot. Matter of fact, it's only kind of in this time that we get to hear his name, but we, we, we hear the other disciples. We know about Peter. Peter was the guy that probably frustrated Christ, but he loved hanging out with him. Uh, maybe he was a lot like a youth pastor. I don't know. And, and then we hear about John, the beloved one. And, and so we hear about these other disciples. Three of them wrote books, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Um, and, and then we don't really hear a lot about Judas. And so you could almost imagine that there's this jealousy going on. We, we see this jealousy in the Old Testament when we start talking about Jacob and his family and, and Esau. We, we, we see this jealousy kind of throughout Scripture, but here we see it in the New Testament. And so we have to imagine that Judas was a bit jealous of the others. So the first point is jealousy creates all kinds of issues. 
in this case, on the road to the cross, it, it created an opportunity to uh, betray somebody. When we look at our lives personally, uh, when we become jealous of something, it creates chaos or frustration. Uh, it creates anxiety. Uh, but, but jealousy isn't always a bad thing. See, we read in the scripture where it says that God is a jealous God. Uh, he, he's, he's jealous of us. He's jealous of our time, our attention, our affection. He wants it focused on him and not some of these other gods we place it in, like money or TV or entertainment or or people. See, see, God wants that affection for him first and then for everything else next. The th- second thing that we see is, is anything worth doing takes preparation. It says in verse 7, Then came a day of unleavened bread when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat. So they said to him, Where do you want us to prepare? And he said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house which he enters. Then you shall say to the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room that I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large furnished upper room there make ready. So they went and found it just as he had said to them, and they prepared the Passover. The Passover was the meal that Christ was getting ready to eat in, in celebration of the Passover, but also to spend that time with the disciples before his crucifixion. And if you know anything about the Passover, the, the Passover was, was not just some willy-nilly, put-it-together meal where they put the spaghetti in the middle and the sauce on the outside with the bread around the edges and said, okay, boys, fix your plate. Let's enjoy some food together. Matter of fact, I, I picture the Passover a lot like when we go to our, our grandparents' house to do Thanksgiving, where, where, where everything has its place on the table or on the counter, and not only does everything have its place, but there are dishes for particular items. There's a certain platter for the turkey or for the ham. There's a certain bowl for the gravy. There's a certain set of plates that you're going to use to eat from. There's a certain set of glasses and maybe um, silverware that you're going to use. And, and when we look at the Passover, uh, one of the greatest illustrations I've ever seen of this was Beth Moore as she talks about it, and she illustrates so eloquently the setup and what was going on and the food and the preparation and all these things. So this just wasn't some willy-nilly meal that Jesus asked the disciples to go prepare for. It was very pointed with, with strict guidelines in this. And, and so it brings us to that point, anything worth doing takes preparation. Here's a question I have for you as we look at that. Uh, How many times have you been into a service where you walked out, a a worship service, and you walked out and said, that was terrible? I I mean, there there was nothing for me in that. That, That's a dangerous place to be, whether we want to realize it or not. And listen, I've done that before in my time of going to church. But what we're saying is the Holy Spirit couldn't do anything to, for us or through us or in us, that the Holy Spirit was inadequate today. And that's a very dangerous statement. See, here's what I believe happens. We come into worship service or we come into a teaching or we come into a conference not having prepared for ourselves. We haven't spent time in prayer and in God's Word. And therefore, it, it, we, we have to ask ourselves, was it even worth doing? Was it worth going if you weren't going to prepare for it? Because anything worth doing takes preparation. So I would challenge you before you walk back into a service in a church again or a conference or listen to a podcast or perhaps even music on the radio that's worship music, prepare yourself. 
because God's got something for you. It says in verse 14, when the hour had come, he sat down with the 12 apostles with him. And then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and he gave thanks and he said, take this and divide it amongst yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. And truly the Son of Man goes as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. Then they began to question among themselves which of them it was who would do this thing. And then we know in verses 24 through 28 to 30, somewhere around there, that the disciples started arguing about what greatness is. And Jesus steps in, you can almost hear him slap the table, and he's like, wait a minute. Some of y'all want to be the one at the table getting served, but I'm telling you, I came to serve, so you tell me which one is greater. And then in verse 31, uh, Jesus is getting ready to kind of tell the disciples about um, not only his death, but also the denial of one of the disciples. And he said, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. Then Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny three times that you know me. That brings us to our final point today, and it's this. Sometimes our mouth can write checks that our heart's not willing to cash. I, I mean, think about this. How many times uh, have you said, God, I want to serve you with all of my heart, only not to do it. God, I want to spend more time with you and your word, only not to do it. How many times have you told a friend when they come and they say, my life's a train wreck. I have this major event going on in my life. Will you pray for me? And, and we say, you know what, I will. I'll pray for you. I can remember many times in my past, that somebody would come to me and they would say, hey, pastor, um, I, I have this coming up. I have this going on. I have, I have this diagnosis. I have this test coming up. Will you pray for me? Or will you pray for my son? Or will you pray for my daughter? Will you pray for my wife? Or will you pray for my coworkers? And I would look them square in the eye and I'd say, yes, you know I will do that. And then the moment they leave, my phone rings, an email comes in, somebody pops by the office, and, and I get distracted with that, and then I go home, and I get caught up with the events of the afternoon at home, and then I sit down, and I watch TV, and then it's time to go to bed, and then I get up the next morning, and the routine starts all over again. And then within days or weeks or maybe months, I see that person again, and they say, Pastor, thank you for praying for me because this worked out, or thank you for praying, but God had different plans. And in my mind, it triggers the thought that, you know what, they asked me to pray, and I said I would pray, but I never prayed. See, our, our, our mouth sometimes can write checks that our heart's not willing to cash. So what have I done to combat that? What I've tried to do in the recent years is when somebody stops me and says, hey, can you pray for my dad, or can you pray for me, or can you pray for my job, or can you pray for this situation, or, or can you pray for this event in my life? 
then I say, sure, let's do that. But let's do that now. We got to be willing to cash that. So as we continue with this journey to the cross over these next couple weeks, I want to ask you one last time. Do you have any jealousy that's created issues in your life? Do you have anything that you've been doing in your life that you have not prepared for? Has your mouth written checks that your heart's not willing to cash? See, those are things that we need to evaluate in our lives as we take this journey, as Christ was taking this journey to the cross. Because this leads us to a greater reward on the other side of Easter Sunday morning. Until next time, I hope you have a very blessed day.